I know a lot about golf. It's time for those weekend golf guys. Well, we're waiting. On SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Here's John Ashton and Jeff Smith. It is us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton, he is Jeff Smith, and I recognize this man. So I know definitively, it is us. How you doing, good. man? Good? It's a good day. It's dry for the first time in... Forever. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm thinking like an, ex- an hour. I'm thinking it's first time in like an hour. It's oh, I got dry. you. I thought you were going to say 40 days and 40 nights because that's what it's felt like, man. No, no, no. It's still in the, we're still in that. Don't get me wrong. We are going to have more and more and more. It's just coming. Just a brief hiatus in what has been the inundation of the Midwest uh, the past few uh, weeks here, actually. And we do owe you a a small apology because um, we did not do the live from the golf cave that we had uh, scheduled and had told you about. And we did not do it primarily because you can't play golf from a canoe. I was building an ark. Yeah, yeah. It's the only way you can get around, man. Boats. I know. That is it. Uh, if you're not in the Midwest, Mid-South, you don't know what we're talking about, but you've seen it on the Weather Channel, seen it on the news. Lots of flooding, lots of water. Not good. Yeah. So we're going to be uh, making new plans, new arrangement, a, a new syllabus, something that uh, you can ask questions and you can get your answers uh, displayed from an indoor golf studio. We're moving everything back inside until the the yes. rain rain goes away. So, yeah, you can either um, go to facebook.com slash golf guys and follow us there or go and uh, subscribe to the newsletter at those com, and you will be alerted to the next live from the golf cave or live from the outdoors or live from wherever we are, uh, depending on uh, on what the weather conditions are. So there you go. Sorry, man. That's all right. You know, it just, that's the way it is. You know, those, those airboats you see on the Everglades yeah. in Florida. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. remember that whole thing we used to see in, uh, what was it? Um, Flipper. Uh, what's that? Flipper. Wasn't that the show? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the show where they're, they're out there whipping around the Everglades and all yeah. these things. I saw one of those in Indiana yesterday. <laughs> it was not on the highway on a trailer of a truck. No, it was, it was, just it was not breezing through what used to be a cornfield. That's right. It was an overflowed <laughs> river that has expanded yep. quite a bit sideways. And I saw an airboat and I looked at the, I looked at that and went, you've got to be kidding me. We may want to start talking about fishing instead of golf. Yeah. But actually, we're not going to do that. No, that's just a bad joke. The first of many, by the way. Uh, we will be right back. We're going to talk about golf for the next hour. Stick with us. We are those weekend golf guys. Please don't move. Are you a sales guy? or a business owner, and do you use golf in your business? You should, you know. It's a great way to build a relationship much quicker and much more deeply than you can in a month full of business lunches. Really is. You can learn more about somebody in 18 holes of golf than than you can any other way. Check it out. Make sure you do it right. We've got a place you can go. It's called thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Got a freebie there for you to download on how to put together the perfect foursome to actually make a whole lot of money, a whole lot more money than you're going to make normally. It's the best way to make friends and influence people, if you pardon the expression. Golf for business, thebusinessgolfcourse.com, the perfect golf foursome. You can get it for free. Just go there, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. One more time, the write it all out, one word, thebusinessgolfcourse.com. Com. The business golf course.com. 
course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golfguys. Told you we'd be here, and here we are. Thanks for hanging through the break with us. And if you do have a question, you can very easily ask it uh, on the Facebook page. You can ask it while the show is on. You can ask it maybe uh, prior to a show so that uh, Jeff can get it answered during the show because we do record these. Um, we are not live at 8 o'clock in the morning Eastern Time on the SB Nation Radio Network. So uh, do get your questions into us in advance. And uh, if they are apropos to what Jeff wants to communicate to uh, folks for the week, then he will most definitely answer your question and you'll get uh, a much a much better round almost immediately because that's what happens to me. That is what happens to me. I have got to tell you, you have got to listen to this man. And if you did not catch nor did you pay attention to the episode a couple weeks ago where Jeff Smith explained chapter and verse on how to get the exact proper ball position for you, that ball position yeah. is 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 not carved in stone. Depends on a lot of things, your body type, your swing, etc., etc. If you did not catch that, you need to listen. We're going to have him reiterate it a little bit, but you also need to go back and listen to the original show where that was because he went into great detail for many, many minutes. But let me tell you what can happen to you if you pay attention because it is what happened to me. One round... Oh. 18 holes, three, count them, three birdies. One on a par three, and it was about an eight-inch birdie putt. If I was playing with anybody but my brother-in-law, and if it was for anything but a birdie, they would have gimme it, but he wouldn't. (laughs) Because they knew that you weren't yet up to the pressure (laughs) of the birdie putt. Yeah, because it's still a 50-50 thing, you know? (laughs) (laughs) The other two were on par fives. The second par five was about a 40-foot eagle putt that I misread terribly. (laughs) Eagle putt? Yeah, it was a driver. Somebody got home in two. Yes, indeed. Now, Uh I I don't remember, nor will I regale you with how long the hole was. I will tell you flat out, full disclosure, man, I'm playing from the forward tees. You know, they are gray for a reason. They match my hair. I'm going to play them, right? I was thinking you were about to say... It was 665 <laughs> yards uphill into the wind. No. No, it was it <laughs> was a, I hit a wedge. <laughs> <laughs> I like to keep this credible. <laughs> Every, okay, so not a wedge on both shots. Everybody yeah. knows I'm not that good, and I think they probably start wondering if you were that good, okay? Uh <laughs> Here's what happened. It was a slight dog leg to the right. And on the right-hand side at about maybe 180 down the fairway, there's a very large tree, probably about 25, 30 feet tall. You have two choices. One is you hit a nice fade and follow the contours of the fairway. Or the other is you hit a straight shot. And I had been hitting straight drives on a rope all day long. Okay, not all of them. A couple I hit. I hit two to the right and one to the left. But for the most part, I was hitting very nice straight drives. So I decided I I don't have I don't have a fade. I need to hit it straight. I need to aim for the tree. I need to hit it good. And I did hit it good. And I put it right over the top of the tree, landed right in the middle of the fairway. And then I took a three wood and I said, Okay. I had to I had to look down at my little wristband that says WWJSD. What would Jeff Smith do? 
only because there wasn't enough space for the for the WWJSTMTD, which is what would Jeff Smith tell me to do? Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> the entire lesson of how to figure out the exact proper place to put the ball in your stance vis-a-vis the club you are swinging and the way you are swinging it. So I took a couple of practice swings with my three wood and I saw it hit the same place in the fairway consistently three consecutive times. So using that information, I lined up, put the ball exactly where it needed to be in my stance and I swung and it was one of those, you know, you hit a good one. You don't even have to see it. In fact, my brother-in-law didn't see it. All he did was hear it. And he heard the contact the club made with the ball and he went, oh, wow. Because it didn't go clank. No, it was flack. How about that? And it was high and it was straight and it bounced once about maybe two yards in front of the green, rolled up on the green and then kept rolling. And it was a thing of beauty. He didn't see it. And he just assumed, he said, is that in the left in the trap? I said, no. He said, well, how far off the green are you? I said, I'm not, man. He couldn't see it on the green because of the uphill contour. But when the cart got close and he saw where it was, he was like, whoa. And then I sat, how about that? And then I sat and waited for his next three shots so he could get up on the green too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you happen to open up? A cool beverage from the cooler. Oh man, I want I want while a, your legs were crossed I waiting. Want, I wanted a magnum of champagne. That was celebration <laughs> time, man. Celebration time. But that that just shows to Goya that this man, Jeff Smith, knows what he's talking about. And if you just listen, you know, you don't have to see, you just listen. And I think we need to actually make some of those uh WWJSTMTD bracelets. So you can sit there and prior to every shot, just look at that bracelet and say, ah, what would Jeff Smith tell me to do? You know, one of the things I'd tell you to do is if you keep telling our listeners that they need to listen to me, Mm -hmm. you should let me talk some more. (laughs) Well, I had to build you up, Buttercup, you know? I love it. Now that people know what can happen, they yeah. will be hanging on your every word. Oh, isn't that fun? All right, so here we go. My every word, some of the things that are pretty important as you talk about what you just did, you actually explained it pretty well. In order to get the best strike that you've had in a long time, you figured out where the bottom of your swing was by swinging three times and watching where it landed. Right. And then you said, now I know where my ball's got to be. Right. Because you watched where it landed. And then you went, oh, I see where that is. Yep. Okay. So as we look at that, we go, okay, where is that in relationship to how far away from me and how far off center, the center line, like my spine, my sternum, my belly, you know, how far left was it? How far right was it? How far out was it with that club? You can identify that. Mm -hmm. And then you put the bottom of the golf ball right at that place. Yeah, basically the, the center line of the golf ball, the perimeter of the golf ball. Yeah, right. Right the there. The center line, which yeah. is right, the absolute bottom. Yep. Because in that, you will have to have just barely struck the back of the golf ball just prior to striking the golf, the bottom of it, right, to going through that place. Yep. And it's essentially half to a quarter of a golf ball. Yep. In, in width, the difference between the two. So you look at that and you're like, 
all right, I just need to learn to recognize that with each club. Mm. But you're looking at the same process. Yeah. So if you got a three wood or a six iron or a wedge, you're going to go through the same thing, identify it, and then all of a sudden you'll make the same swing motion realizing that got easy. Yeah. And then you'll be surprised at how many times that you're going to hit it a lot like what you just described. And that was that was the second the um that was on number 18. It was the second fairway wood I hit uh, on the other par 5 that I birdied. It was also a fairway wood and went through the same process and had the same the same reaction. One was a 3 wood, one was a 5 wood. But knowing the first time it happened, you go, okay, the technique works. I now have faith in the technique. I can do it. And then the second time it works, you now have faith in your ability not only to figure out where the ball should be, but to actually follow through and complete the shot the way you know it should be completed. Yeah. And your your self-confidence has risen many levels. And the only thing that really still ticks me off about it, even though I had some great shots and I had three birdies, I also had too many double bogeys and I still didn't break 80. <laughs> I shot an 80. Right. But that seems to be the plateau below which I cannot get. Sounds to me like we need to have another in-person session about, say, oh, chipping and putting. Let's talk because about chipping and putting. When all we well enough to shoot 80. Yeah. Let's make your chipping and putting better yeah. so that you actually do better than 80. Well, let's talk about some of that when we come right back. Chipping and putting. Good idea. Uh, that's something that everybody's, uh, even the great guys at the U.S. Open last weekend were a little bit uh, rusty on. Yeah. It can't hurt to, to review a few things, and we will when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. So I was out playing golf the other day, and my buddy I'm playing with, out of the clear blue, says, you know, when I retire, I am going to St. Andrews. And we are going to play there, and we're going to stay there for as long as we can. You're coming, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. So there's one more thing. The bucket list now gets a little bit bigger, and that's one more thing to add to what I'm saving for in my old age. You know, there's a kid's college, there's retirement in general, and now there's that week in St. Andrews, but that's okay. I want to tell you about some people you can trust. I want to introduce you to Halpern Financial. What would it be like if you had someone you could trust to help you figure out how to juggle all of the goals you have while making sure that you are meeting your needs right now in the, and, and in the future? You don't want to sacrifice now for later. You want to be able to live well now and later. You can get a path to wealth that just works with a team of experts at your beck and call. Technology that keeps tabs on your money. Financial education, that was the thing I liked the most because I obviously wasn't paying attention when I was younger. And also a personal touch that makes organizing your financial life feel achievable rather than daunting. So you don't have to choose. If you have a suite of financial experts available to you for all areas of your finances, from your portfolio to even decisions like whether you should buy or lease a car or whether or not you should start a business, Halpern Financial is a fiduciary. It's a fee-only, independent advisor that offers a combination of online tools and personal connection to help all the clients systematically achieve their goals. Tell you what I need you to do, okay? I want you to do this for me. I, no, I don't. I want you to do this for yourself. I want you to go to halpernfinancial.com slash weekend and just find out how close you are to achieving your financial goals. A little tune-up, see what you're doing, answer a few questions, and they'll be able to tell you what you need to do if you're not already doing it. halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Please go there now. 
John Ashton in studio, Jeff Smith at the Golf Cave. Together we are known as those weekend golf guys. And we're talking about uh, a great round I had simply because I actually put all of the things Jeff has told me. In, I remembered them all and I used them all in one round and still can't break 80, but came really close. Shot an 80. Had I made that eagle putt, it would have been a 79. But alas, it was or, not. Or had you made any other putt on any other of the holes? Had I not three-putted a couple times, yeah. There you go. Nothing more frustrating than hitting a ball and getting nowhere close enough to make the second putt easy, or the opposite, hitting the ball too hard and having it run by the hole and keep rolling so that the next one coming back is just as difficult as the one going forward. Yeah. You know, you really like to... I have always told myself, don't worry about getting it in the hole, John. Just get it close. And I can't, I don't even listen to me, man. You're deaf, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> I, just, I just say, just get it close. And then I say, what What do you know about it? You know? <laughs> Who do you think so you are I, giving me advice? Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently you don't listen to that guy either. No, man. So, a couple things about three-putting. So let's let's think about that. Let's say that you didn't three putt in your round that you shoot 80, and all of a sudden you shoot 77, and you're a happy guy because not only did you shoot 77 and you broke your 80, but you didn't have any three putts. Right. Because you know you're just throwing them away. Yeah. Three putting. You just know it. So let's talk about why you three putt. So let me ask you a simple question, and it's one of the questions that I ask every one of my students when it comes to talking about scoring or putting. On average, during your regular, ordinary round of golf, how long a putt is your second putt? Factor in all the putts that you have as a length of a second putt. Forget how far away you started on your first putt. Mm -hmm. I want to know how long your second putt is. Six feet. Oh, wow. You're going to three-putt a lot. Yeah. Well, yeah. see, I've gotten much better at putting, so that I'm, I'm hitting a lot of six-footers. <laughs> so the, the point here is, is this. Your second putt should never be six feet long. No, it should not. Two feet? Okay, we can talk about that. Yeah. But you got four feet of stuff to make up. Yeah. There's an awful lot of knee knocking going on there, isn't it? Oh, man, it, there is. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, you, you're standing over there with white knuckles. Mm -hmm. I'll bet you by the time you get back to the cart on those holes, your rear end hurts. You squeeze it <laughs> so bad. Well, you know, right? and, and your head hurts from the frustration. Yeah. Because you're kicking yourself because you either hit it too hard or you didn't hit it hard enough or you second guessed what you were supposed to do and you really screwed it up. Mm -hmm. And you sit there and you say, you know, had I just done the first one right, the second one would have been a lot easier. And I wouldn't yeah. have to put this six down or this five down or whatever, you know? So let's, let's think about what are the big factors here, right? Certainly speed control. Mm-hmm. That, that's painfully obvious, right? That's Captain Obvious stuff right there. Yep. But yet, we got to talk about reading the green then too, don't we? Uh, yes, because we do. slope is, one of the, is a big factor in controlling speed, yep. right? And at the same time, um, hitting the putt in the same part of the club face is a consistency of speed issue, yep. right? Maybe you're delivering it down sometimes and you hit a little top of the club and... and Maybe you're moving it up a little bit too much and hitting it on the bottom of the club, and those affect the distance that you hit it. Yep. We have to talk about the elephant in the room. Is why is there no stop sign in your head, like at the hole? You know, like I got to stop my ball at the hole. 
Yeah. Because you just said, well, sometimes I'm hitting it too hard, sometimes I'm hitting it too soft, and I'm always mad at myself about that. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why are you not focused on stopping your ball at the hole? Speed because, control. Because I have no this, feel. That's because you don't spend enough time on a green putting a ball at a thing you've got to stop it at. Uphills and downhills and side hills. There's this word that we use in, in sports – yeah. And when we when we try to say improve our skill, uh-huh. we uh, we take time uh-huh. and we kind of block off a little chunk of time uh-huh. to go to go work on something on uh-huh. a repeated basis, uh-huh. so that we are performing at a better level because we have performed that enough times successfully that we somewhat uh, build up our confidence and our or feel for that. Mm-hmm. And it's a good thing to do to, to take him out a certain amount of time to spend in, in skill acquisition. Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of repres, a lot of, a lot of reps. So let's think about that. There's a word out there for, it, it, it escapes me at the moment. Mm-hmm. I think Alan Iverson said something about that in some, interview he gave yeah but he's a basketball player so how would that how would that translate to golf man well i think that it's (laughs) simply a matter of understanding that you know to take a little bit of time to you know continuously perform something so that you become better at it or even proficient Mm -hmm. like that Mm -hmm. would would behoove you to to do some of that and um, and this word would be if this is not nothing you can acquire by just going somewhere and spending a couple dollars and buying it from somebody, right? Yeah, right. It's yeah. not a purchasable thing. It's it's I, actually a, a something you would go do. Oh, that's a bummer. Right? I know. So yeah. this is a little bit different than saying, "Oh, I'm gonna go to the golf course. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop by the bar and sit down and talk to the waitress or the waiter and hang out and watch somebody do it." you know, out on the green or something where they spend a bunch of time smacking a ball at a hole or, or at something else. Right. <laughs> so maybe it's their, maybe yeah. it's their, they're putting it out the, like a water bottle or something or a, a couple of tees or a target or, you know, something like that. Maybe they even roll a ball out on, on the putting green and then they decide I'm going to take this other ball and I'm going to put it to that and see if I can stop it at that and just gently touch that. In, in one putt or maybe two putts at the max okay. to touch that other ball. That's a good thing to do. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then they may, they may do it where, you know, they, they work on things that they're, they're putting up a hill and trying to stop it at a certain place and maybe down a hill and stop it at a certain place. And they go out and they'll do that frequently. I mean, not necessarily for hours on end, unless, of course, they really want to be proficient and good at it. Uh-huh. But it really helps them on the golf course. So I would encourage you to, to think, how would I go about acquiring the skill of figuring out how to ascertain how hard to hit something so that it stops exactly where you're hoping it stops? Because if that's the case, you could really get good at this. You think? <laughs> so all that's standing between me and a 79 is the... The dreaded keyword. <laughs> <laughs> Could be practice. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's the word. 
Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yep. Okay. It's not an imaginary thing either. No, I know. I know. Yeah. However, so, one one thing. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this in a couple of weeks too because uh, I've got the guy who actually came up with the idea scheduled to be on here. But uh, I have a new putter that that somebody sent me and said, John, we've heard that you you're a lousy putter. Here, try this. Uh, <laughs> I said, okay, thanks. Um, but it it, you know, it those cards that I've been sending out <laughs> to all the manufacturers <laughs> apparently have worked. Well, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a two sided card, where it's a picture of me in a in a begging, praying fashion. Please help, John. And on the other side is you with a broken putter shaft in your mouth, in between your clenched teeth, and another one that's bent over your knee. I knew I had something would have to work. It was a little catchy. Yeah. Well, so, where'd you so get those pictures? Man? Was, <laughs> I didn't know anyone was yeah, looking. Well, <laughs> oddly enough, we didn't have to Photoshop a thing. <laughs> but there is a um, a design on the top of the the putter blade that basically gives you four points along the the top of the putter from toe to heel. That if you're good enough with your eyes and your imagination. <laughs> You can you can draw four imaginary parallel lines, not one imaginary parallel line to the target, because one may or may not actually be a parallel line. But if you can if you can see in your head four parallel lines, and they all are parallel to the target, you're probably going to be aimed a lot more accurately. And I am. Yeah. When I miss my putts now, man, I miss them by like maybe a quarter of an inch. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'm that's, I'm coming a lot, a lot closer. Better. Oh, it is a lot better, but it doesn't help the fact that I still miss them. But I do sink more longer putts than I used to because I am getting you know pars and bogeys on longer putts, and I do get more short putts than I used to. But still, I have the the feel problem. It's it's no longer an aiming problem, but it is a it is a slope reading, uh, direction reading, and speed ascertaining problem. So, in the fact that you're missing them a little closer, and now you're just tapping it in for for bogeys, now you're feeling essentially okay about the put me down for a five. Well, no, it still ticks me off. <laughs> you know, it still ticks me off as well it should. But you know, we do what we can. And we learn to live with it, so we do not get totally frustrated and stop having fun playing golf. Because right. if, you, if you get too concerned about the number, then or you give yourself a goal that is unattainable, this game will no longer be fun. Yeah, I agree. And it's the most so, fun game there is, so don't do that to yourself. We're going to talk some right. more when we come right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Don't you move. If you're in sales, you know that people buy things from people they know, they like, and they trust. It can take forever to build that kind of a relationship unless you use golf. Business golf is the quickest way to build trust with your clients and potential customers. TheBusinessGolfCourse.com. Go there now and check it out. So I was out playing golf the other day, and my buddy I'm playing with out of the clear blue says, you know, when I retire, I am going to St. Andrews, 
and we are going to play there, and we're going to stay there for as long as we can. You're coming, right? And I was like, yeah, sure. So there's one more thing. The bucket list now gets a little bit bigger, and that's one more thing to add to what I'm saving for in my old age. You know, there's a kid's college, there's retirement in general, and now there's that week in St. Andrews, but that's okay. I want to tell you about some people you can trust. I want to introduce you to Halpern Financial. What would it be like if you had someone you could trust to help you figure out how to juggle all of the goals you have while making sure that you are meeting your needs right now and end in the future? You don't want to sacrifice now for later. You want to be able to live well now and later. You can get a path to wealth that just works with a team of experts at your beck and call. Technology that keeps tabs on your money. Financial education, that was the thing I liked the most because I obviously wasn't paying attention when I was younger. And also a personal touch that makes organizing your financial life feel achievable rather than daunting. So you don't have to choose. If you have a suite of financial experts available to you for all areas of your finances, from your portfolio to even decisions like whether you should buy or lease a car or whether or not you should start a business, Halpern Financial is a fiduciary. It's a fee-only, independent advisor that offers a combination of online tools and personal connection to help all the clients systematically achieve their goals. Tell you what I need you to do, okay? I want you to do this for me. No, I don't. I want you to do this for yourself. I want you to go to halpernfinancial.com slash weekend and just find out how close you are to achieving your financial goals. little tune-up, see what you're doing, answer a few questions, and they'll be able to tell you what you need to do if you're not already doing it. halpernfinancial.com slash weekend. Please go there now. And it is us back again, John Ashton, along with Jeff Smith, those weekend golf guys, and uh, came this close to breaking 80. This close. I'm assuming that your fingers were very close together. Very close together. Oh, man, it's almost like you know me. I I would like to take a little aside. And again, I would like to explain that this program is pre-recorded. We record it in the middle of the week so that it's all set and ready to go for you. Uh, One of the things that we want to point out is that we have a new a new favorite golfer man i know we don't talk about the pros but there's a pro we got to talk about because he's like from next door name right. is chip mcdaniel yep and let me tell you a story about chip mcdaniel one is he finished 77th in the u.s open and you go well that's that's like last <laughs> yeah how he close played all four rounds in yeah. the u.s open that's right how close did you come <laughs> yeah, that's right most people listen to this show have not played in the u.s open that's right and then you know what he did he finished his round on sunday packed up yep. his bags got yep. on an airplane in california and flew to connecticut yeah monday morning he hit the links in connecticut at tpc wherever they are and played in a Monday qualifier for this weekend's PGA tournament. There were yep. three spots, and there were nine Travelers. guys playing for each other, vying for those three spots, and he got one of them. Because we're pre-recorded, so, and this is Sunday, I cannot tell you if he made the cut. I cannot tell you how well he is doing. But I can tell you that he's 23 years old. He's been working his butt off. And some folks that we know have given him some advice now and again. We're... we're we know some folks in his circle of influence and all we can say is root for him. Yep. The more people, the more people that root for him, the, the more the positive vibes in the world are headed in his direction, the better the kid's going to do. 
And again, he's 23 right. years old and he's a great person, a relatively good golfer. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good too. This just in, he's a good player. Yeah. Right. Yes, he yeah, is. Guess man. what? You know, PJ tour stuff, right? Yeah. So how about this? So we have it, it, on those weekend golf guys. We, we certainly love Chip McDaniel. We love Tyler Duncan because he's from Columbus, Indiana. And I've known him forever and right. helped his golf game out for I whatever. And we also, because we love to say the name, we also are big fans of Thorbjorn Olsen. <laughs> yes, we are. Why Why do you ask? He's from Norway. Is that it? Denmark. Uh, no. Denmark. Denmark. Yeah. Is that it? No. Just because we like to say. We like to say his Thorbjorn name. Thorbjorn Olsen. Thorbjorn Olsen. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because it sounds fun. Well, cool. We just wanted to point that out as a little bit of a side. Now we will go back to the green. We left you on the other, and we're talking softly now because we're on the green. We need to talk about... John, John's got this extra six-footer because yeah. he doesn't read the greens very well. No, he doesn't what? read greens very well. He has no idea where the thing's going to go. That's no just idea. because you're sauntering onto the green from the golf cart. Your drink is in one hand, your putter is in the other, you're holding onto your cigar and your two fingers, and you're not really paying attention. No, it's, it's not quite that bad. I, I do try to pay a little more attention. I, I try to at least make it look like I'm trying to make it look like I know what I'm doing. I, I will admit, man, I don't know if it's my eyesight or, I mean, I can look and I can, yeah. it's, a, it's a visible slope on the green, but I still have trouble translating how that slope is going to move the ball. You know, I can look at a slope and say, well, the ball's going to go from left to right. And it actually goes from right to left. Maybe I should have paid closer attention in geometry. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the well, situation is, man. I, this being a radio show, our listeners don't know this, but John is actually cross-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> so no. I'll just joke yeah. aside. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, the truth is, John, is, is here's a really simple thing. Let's, let's talk about it from a uh, perspective of you start reading the greens from the fairway when you're looking at it. And you know what you see is elevation change. You see which side is higher than the other side. And then I know that you're not walking, but I'm going to say this for all the walkers out there. You have an advantage at green reading if you just pay attention. So when you're walking from the fairway all the way up to the green, your eyes at some point are at the height of the green. What a great place to really, really pay attention to the overall contours of what's going on. John, I know that you're a cart rider and you get off at the side of the green or right behind the green or something, wherever the cart path wraps you around the green. I know. Wherever the shade is, yes. That's right. That's <laughs> exactly. Wherever you decide, I'm getting out here because either my ball's way over there and that's where I'm parking uh -huh. or the shade's there or... The beverage cart girl is parked <laughs> up over there. Yeah. I'm not really sure why. <laughs> not quite sure. But what we're saying is you're missing out on reading the greens from a whole different perspective. So what you've got to do is really pay attention to what's going on when you're walking down to the green to look at the hole and your ball and what's in between. Walk onto the green, stand near the hole, just barely behind it, facing your ball before you walk toward your ball and fix your pitch mark. So anyway, before you go fix your pitch mark, go stand behind the hole, face your ball, and feel what is going to happen at the hole when your ball is moving slower. Uh -huh. Go feel how much tilt is there, which way is it, left or right. 
and instantly know that that's where the ball has to come in from on that high side, whichever foot is higher. And then walk toward your ball and then stop halfway, again, facing your golf ball. Tell me, do you feel anything different? Either the same direction of slope or no slope at all or a different slope altogether, like it's a double breaker, right? And also feel the magnitude, you know, how much is it really tilting? Then you have a clear-cut idea of what's going to happen to your golf ball, and then you have an easier time using your spot. So then you get behind your golf ball and you turn around. I know, John, you're just going to look at it. You're not going to squat down much. So I'm going to say get back farther, line up your ball to what you think already, and you'll already be a better green reader than what you are today. So remember, get out of your cart, pay attention to what you see, and immediately go to the place that's behind the hole, stand there and face your golf ball and feel what's going on. Because maybe your left foot at that time is higher than your right, and it's significant. Okay, it's really high over here. I'd better play it to the high side. You know what else I do, which which is is woefully inadequate. Look at the ball or stand over the ball. Look at the line from the ball to the hole. And just look and see around the hole which side of the ground is higher. I tell people that all the time. But yeah. in, in putting clinics, the first thing I have people do is, is take off their shoes and walk the green and feel what's going to happen. I'm John, I'm not going to have you do that. Well, thank you, because um, that ain't happening. <laughs> the point is, is that they feel it. And then the first thing I have them look at is the actual hole itself from where their golf ball is. And if the one side of that circle cut into the ground is higher than the other, you now know that everything must go into it from that side of the hole. Yeah. There's no chance at all if you see tilt that you could aim that thing at the center of the hole and expect it to go in. It didn't happen because it's tilted. And then there are also problems in, in judging the increment of tilt uh, vis-a-vis right. how, far, how far out you aim it. And that's where I really think that feeling things with your feet gives you a real clue. Yeah, you have to because a lot of times, man, you look, if you just stand like I do and just stand and, and look and, and try to see, you know, well, it's a little higher on the right-hand side at the hole, so I'm going to aim it uh, to the right of the hole. And then you you hit it, and whether you hit it too hard or too soft or you hit it on the wrong line or you don't get the break you were expecting because, again, you have not really researched it sufficiently to know how it's going to move. You've just just picked something out of the air, basically. So So. here's the thing. you got to ask yourself the question that I ask all my students. Once you've ascertained that there's tilt, you've got to know the the simple question. How dumb do I have to be to aim this ball at the center of this hole if I know that there's tilt? Right? Pretty dumb. Pretty dumb. A lot of use and dumb. Right? Yeah. You drag that one out for a long time with some of my students, right? Yeah. Yeah. Saying, look, if you already know that there's slope going to tilt this direction or the other direction, and you still aim it there, you're missing on the low side, and it's going to roll farther from the hole. Wait, listen to that one, John. Mm-hmm. It's going to roll farther from the hole because the hill is going to continue to push it away. Hmm. Gravity. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, if it rolls 
as they say, things flow downhill. Yeah. <laughs> Golf balls ain't the go. only thing that flows downhill. <laughs> no. But golf balls are what we're talking about at the moment. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we're on the air. It is. It's really. <laughs> it's really tough, man. And I think that's probably one of the, probably the the main pains of of the recreational golfer is is knowing with what force to strike the ball because we don't play consistent speed greens. I mean, we can play one day at a muni that rolls at a six, and then you know go to a, a a really nice course that we saved up our pennies for for the weekend round and and we're playing one that rolls at a 10 or 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 higher yeah and that's a difficult adjustment to make although i have found man that that faster greens are a lot easier to putt accurately oh they really are they don't bounce around much yeah you know they just roll out true but being able to to equate how fast or how far or with what force you strike the ball with your putter equals how far it's going to go is very hard for us to judge because, like I said, the the speed of the green comes into play in that equation and the speeds that we play vary greatly from day to day. Right. So it's kind of hard for us to do that. It's, he says as he's trying to justify the fact that even if he does practice it still isn't going to guarantee it because it's still a hard thing to do unless you play on the consistent speeds. I'm, well, just, I'm just giving myself an excuse, told, man. You I know. know. Yeah. Okay. But truth be told, you uh, let me let me uh, add some uh, an example or two to that. Essentially, what you're saying is there's a speed that you have become accustomed to, mm -hmm. and that when it becomes something different, you have a hard time adapting. Mm -hmm. So, for example. Let's look at last week at Pebble Beach. Okay. The scores appeared to be lower. The putts did not seem to be racing out. Right. And so people weren't putting scared, so to speak. Yeah. But certain people who putt very well on really fast greens did not fare so well on the greens at Pebble Beach this week because they were slower right. than they are accustomed to. Yeah, see? Just like just like me, man. I putt just so, like some of the greatest. <laughs> right. Like, for example, Tiger Woods. Yeah. He did not have a good week putting. Nope. And his speed control was off because he was feeling like he had to, And they even said it in one of the interviews. He said, I just wasn't putting well this week. My speed control wasn't what I needed it to be. He okay. was unaccustomed to that particular pace. Right. He practices at places that are uber fast. And these were a little bit slower for him. Yep. Yep. Right. And sometimes you're saying the same thing when you play on golf courses that are all of a sudden faster than what you're used to. You don't putt well because you're just uncomfortable with making the certain length of putt, certain level of effort of the putting stroke to match the distance that your eyes see. Right. Now, is there a quick fix to that that we can do in the next uh, two minutes coming up after this break, or is it just our cross to bear? Here's what I would do well, when you go yeah, don't it, right me. now. I can don't, do that. Right? Don't, don't tell me now. Tell me when we come right back because we're late. Okay, we'll wait. We'll wait. But he's going to tell us how to do it better when we come right back. Stick with us. You know what really sucks? Losing your hair. 
you know, sitting in the shower and you're done and you look down and gathered around the drain or all those little hairs that used to be on your head just a few minutes ago. And you go, oh, my goodness, am I getting old or what? Well, you know, for the past few months, I've been watching that happen in my own life. And, and it ain't fun, man. But you can stem the tide. Keeps.com. Mm-hmm. Keep your hair. What happens if you go to Keeps.com, you'll find that it's the easiest and the most affordable way there is to keep the hair you have. And it's the only hair you're going to get, so you want to keep it, right? These FDA-approved products that you can get through Keeps.com used to cost a whole lot more. But now, thanks to Keeps, they are finally inexpensive and they're easy to get. For five minutes now and just about a buck a day, you will never have to worry about your hair loss again. Pretty, uh, pretty cool, isn't it? You can get started with Keeps very easily. Sign up takes less than five minutes. You just answer a few questions and snap some photos of your hair. A licensed physician reviews all your information online and then recommends the right treatment for you and then it is shipped right to your door every three months. Now, Keeps offers the generic versions of the only two FDA-approved hair loss products out there. And some of you have probably tried them before. But you've probably never, ever gotten them for this price. Keeps is only $10 to $35 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month free. Hell of a deal for getting to keep your hair. To receive your first month of treatment for free, you need to go to Keeps.com slash golfguys. That is K-E-E-P-S dot com slash golf guys. There's a free month of treatment at keeps.com slash golf guys for you right now. Keeps.com slash golf guys. Hair today, hair tomorrow. You got it. Keeps.com slash golf guys. Go now. Okay, we've been waiting with bated breath. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He's Jeff Smith. He's going to tell you the answer to putting. Go. So here we are talking about adapting to the speed. Right. Show up a little bit earlier to the golf course, John. Okay. First thing you do after you go check in. Yeah. Pay the guys, shake your hand to the pro, do all that stuff that you like to do. Get to the putting green first. Okay. Roll balls right across the middle. To see if they go, you know, putt balls across the middle, left to right, not up to down. Okay. And see if they, first thing, don't putt it at a hole. Just putt it to see if it goes the distance you anticipated. Uh-huh. Then go putt uphill putts if uh-huh. it's a little bit slower or downhill putts if it's a little bit faster and learn to adapt from there. But get your baseline first. Okay. I struck a putt. I normally see it go out that far. Did it or didn't it? And if it didn't, and if it didn't go out as far, well, then the putter's a little slow, then start putting uphill putts. And if it rolled out farther than, than you expected, then go start putting downhill putts because then you'll adapt to the golf course of the day. Okay. I like that. Another form of the P word. Another form of the P word. This is a cut down version of it because you got a tea time here pretty soon. That's right. <laughs> right? So it's, so it's always a question with our group. Are we going to spend the time on the putting green or are we going to spend the time in the bar? I mean, you know, they're both preparation. So I would putt and chip. <laughs> yeah. You'll, and you won't buy, and you might be buying the drinks after the round, but not because you have to. The chipping thing is something that we're going to have to delve into again at greater length, uh, maybe next week, because I have again been following your advice and your techniques and the chipping game. I'll just tell you one thing don't be afraid to hit it. 
with a wedge. Just yeah. because you're close doesn't mean you, you baby it up there. And that's all I'm going to say now, and Jeff will expand on that next week because he knows he's a guy that told me. Thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Go there and uh, sign up for the newsletter. That way you will be alerted, uh, A, when Jeff does a live from the golf cave. And also, uh, you know, you get some good stories. You get a little video from Jeff every week that, you know, lets you learn something new to prepare for your weekend rounds. Uh, you can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash golfguys. That's where you need to go for the live from the golf caves. And again, you follow us there and you will be alerted. And um, that's about all I can think of to say. We thank you for being here. If you ever miss uh, any of the shows, you can catch up at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Grab your putter, grab some balls, hit the practice green. They call it a practice green for a reason. Do it. And then go play some golf. <laughs>